honestly, I just was listening to you saying, just do it. What's the harm? What could be the worst thing that could happen? You don't win. So then you know based on the people that did win, check out their page, see what they were doing right that made them a winner, and then apply it to your own business. Whether you win or not, it's still just always an opportunity to learn. And even though I have won, I still check out everybody else's categories that they won in and see, well, why didn't I get that category and why did they? So you could still just learn regardless. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, on to our show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast, your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today, we are excited to have Lacey Salem on our show. Who's Lacey? Well, she is the owner of Lacey's Lash and Aesthetic Supply, which is actually a mobile service. She actually has a salon, and she's a team-based salon, which we love, and she's a two-time Lashy Award winner. She has won in our first year, and she also won again last year. And we're really excited to have her on because she's Really, I feel like one of these people that puts her mind to something and just gets the job done. And so today, we're going to talk a little bit about her story and how she became a team-based salon, because I know a lot of you reach out and ask me about that. So you're going to get to hear about someone who actually became a team-based salon, how it worked out for her. Also, she's going to talk a little bit about her. She bought a van, and now she delivers lash supplies to the local area there in New York. Also, we discussed, do we need more lash brands? Really, do we? It seems like everyone and their dog now has a lash brand. And that's okay. Really, in the end, if you can make a little living doing it or a big living, just depends on what kind of brand you are. That's great. But there are other options out there for people too. And that's what Lacey's done. Instead of selling her own products, she's decided to represent many brands and sell them in her van and kind of become a regional provider. And I see that popping up more and more all over the country. And so it's something that maybe if you're considering that, would be another thing for you to put on your, you know, instead of doing a brand, maybe become a provider locally to all the last artists in your area. Also, we talk about retail and how that can really help increase your income and many other things. So it's a great time. I know you'll get a lot for them. Before we uh, get to that, though, you guys know what we got next. That is announcements. All right, guys, we have a lot going on right now. The very first thing out of the gate is our IBS party, the Lash, Las Vegas Lash Social. And that's going to be where we team up with Shelby from Lash Boss Radio. And we're going to be on June 25, 25, 25th in Las Vegas at the IBS show. And on Sunday night... At 8 p.m., we have a party at the Sahara Hotel. It's $87, and we still have tickets left. So if you want to get in, at least as we were recording this now, go buy your ticket. Links in the show notes, or go to our Instagram, or go to Shelby's page. Links in her um, bio on her page. 
Buy your ticket before you get to Vegas. Do not wait to get to Vegas and buy it then. Because last year we turned a bunch of people away who just thought they could show up and buy it at the door. We were sold out before that. I think we sold out like that morning or the day night before. So don't wait. Don't be one of those people that's like, oh, I'll just get to it. Because I we were just at a Last Bash in Laguna Beach with Alona, um, Last Revelation, and Borboletta, and Elibana, and Mo, and all that crew. And I think everyone I talked to said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll see you in Vegas. And I'm like, but you haven't bought a ticket yet. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. So don't be one of those people there who are just assuming there'll be tickets because there won't. At some point, they will sell out. We sold out last year. It's going to be great. It's uh, $87. It's in a penthouse. There's an outdoor area. There's an indoor area. We have a bar. There's a la- We have plenty of photo opportunities all over the place, and it'll just be a total blast. Lots of people you know will be there. We've got 225 or 250 spots about that we can get in, so do not delay. And be one of the first 100 people because if you get there, the first 100 get a swag bag. Everyone else after that still gets in, but no swag bag. So don't be late. Get there early. Last um, time, we kind of like a nightclub lineup where we had like 100 people all waiting in line to get in before the party started. It was kind of cool. And sadly, I took no photos, but this year we will. All right. Well, we have LashCon. As you know, our tickets are now $7.97. VIP are sold out. Again, do not wait on this one where you hope to buy a ticket later. Um, ticket prices go up in July, another $100. So buy them now. Four-month payment plan, very doable. You know, you pay like a couple hundred bucks, not even 100 maybe $180, $200, and spread out over four months. Very budget-friendly. And when you consider all the trainings and everything else going on out there, this is super affordable compared to that. And it's like three nights of insanity or three days of a trade show, four nights of parties, two days of intense learning, and just really this one single event that you don't want to miss where everyone um, comes and you will feel welcomed. I promise you that. We've worked hard to create a culture of openness and welcoming. So when you come, if you're new, don't be afraid. There will be people be there there'll be people there to welcome you and bring you on into the clan and you will be part of our last con family so don't worry about it please come and hang out with us in october buy your ticket today um, links are in the link is in the show notes as well as on our instagram and then lastly i want to talk about we're partnering with pla and we're going to be doing a class in yes of all places reno nevada it's actually going to be very cool. We're very excited to go out there. It's going to be about business. And then we're going to be basically teaching. It's called Last, Last Business Masterclass, two days, July 25th, 26th, $1,000. Cheaper than LashCon, guys. So, I mean, this is going to be worth it because it's going to be all, really a smaller class, very intensive. You're going to learn all the stuff like how to price, your pricing, customer service. You're going to learn about marketing, branding. It's a crazy amount of content guys in two days so just come ready to really learn and grow and figure out how to run your business correctly and then that's going to be on july 25th 26th links in the show notes as well as you can go to pla's page and it's right there on the front page and you'll see pictures of us and all their team they're going to be there michelle caitlin and all that it's going to be an amazing two days in the middle of july hot but awesome because reno if you're an outdoor person is like really a great place to go I'm not really that, but you can come to our class and spend a couple of days. Lake Tahoe is literally like 40 minutes away. Go hang out. And uh, that's where I learned to water ski, by the way. Just total side note. Miserable place to water ski. It's like 40 degrees when you fall. It is horrible, and it really teaches you not to fall. All right. That's enough of all that. I think we're all done with announcements. Now, let's get into our talk where we sit down with Lacey and really talk about her journey into being not just a team-based salon, but also into building her new mobile lash business.
Hey, Smart Cookies, I am so excited to introduce our next guest to you. She is a Lashy Award winner. Twice. Twice. Yes. She she (laughs) is the owner of Salem Studio in New York, and she's becoming a great friend. And I'm so proud to introduce Lacey Salem. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited. (laughs) We're excited to have you on. As we've gotten to know you over the last couple of years, because you won, I think two years ago, our first year you yes. won, and then you came back because that wasn't enough and won again last year. And then she just took our training. We got to see Lacey last, just oh. a week or two ago in New York at Newburgh at um, one of our favorite friends, Pat and Steph. So and it was really, really cool to get meet you and, and part of your team there. Yeah, she brought a team member and it was really neat to see her and her leadership. I just want to brag on you for a minute. Just see how equipped and prepared both of them were, ready to learn, already doing some of the techniques that I've been talking about. And then I think that you bring so much to the conversation because of the experience that you've had. You've just done so many things right. And I wanted to let our audience hear because I think that they can learn from some of the stuff that has made you successful. So... I'm also excited because she's also a Team Bay Salon. So anytime we get the feature of Team Bay Salon, Lashy Award winner, I think only you and Shelby are the two that hold that distinction <laughs> in, the, oh, wow. in, in the world. So <laughs> very, very Now I th- feel even more special. Yeah, yeah. You, well, you are special. You are, so. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so that all said, maybe first, so people can get a little background on you, you can share a little bit about why you got in the lashes and the beauty industry and all that. Yeah, I've been in the industry for about eight years now. I started in a few different spas and they actually um, did some team-based type stuff, but weren't really doing it all the right way. So when I moved into my own private studio, I was just minding my business and then COVID happened and I was there for maybe four months and COVID happened and I was very, very lucky the landlord there was great. We didn't have to pay any rent the whole time. Oh so, my I was gosh. so in- yeah, I was so incredibly grateful for that because I don't know if I would have been able to come back. Yeah. I yeah. mean, our yeah. landlord didn't give us that break. Our landlord, I went and asked, can we get a break, discount, anything? Like, you pay me now. No, no. He was like, what are you talking about? I'm you not- pay me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and especially if you had to do that and like your home too or mm-hmm. car payments or anything, like it, it was a lot. So I was very grateful for that. And then I wound up coming to last. Con two years ago, and I met with a few people from Strategies, and I knew that there was something there as far as team base. So, two or three months later was when I opened up my spa and started hiring staff. And I was very lucky because I also used to teach aesthetics. So, the girls that I have were my students. So, they literally have only learned from me. So, I just I call them like little mini me's, but they're their own people too, and they're just so fantastic. So, I was lucky to start team base fresh and not have to undo commission based like thought processes Mm -hmm. and stuff like so now I have my spa and I just recently started the lash fan yeah some people keep calling me the lash van woman and I'm like I I don't know (laughs) (laughs) that really rhymes so so Lacey uh, (laughs) has this van and it's stocked uh lots of goodies it's like the Barbie van like not the colors but it's like stocked with all the accessories and all the stuff that you need as a lash artist and she goes to people and people come to her and buy the goodies you should have like a music like the ice cream man (laughs) (laughs) my mom was visiting and she literally just said that the other day I was like that's a genius idea now I need to make some kind of like jingle but like for lashes lashes. (laughs) and it's like you know when you hear that you run out by the supplies yeah that's pretty funny that's so funny. Yeah, that's a good idea, though. She carries what you care about—six brands in in there, I think. 
Yes, I have Lash Anarchist, Lash Reality, Prolong Lash, Eye Magic, Borboletta, also, which I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to do some permanent makeup stuff as well, because that's just something that I've always done alongside with lashing. Mm -hmm. I hope to get into more like aesthetics and skincare stuff too, just because there's really nowhere for estheticians to actually shop. We have Sally's and Cosmoprof for hairdressers, but the only section in those stores is waxing and it's like the crappy wax it that is. nobody wants. It is the crappy wax. So there's a whole room for us to like grow as an industry that nobody was really doing. And hairdressers can run out sometimes while a client is processing if they ran out of something. So I figured to do it mobile and to bring the products to the artists uh, will just work really well. So how does somebody partake in your business? If they're part of a salon or, or something like what areas do you serve? Like how do people get in touch? How do people buy from you? There's about eight big areas on Long Island. We have two big counties though. And I try to stay more towards one's county because I mean, you could get like deep going into Manhattan and it gets a little crazy over there. Yeah. So right now I'm setting, okay, this day I'm going to this area or zone. And this day I'm going to go to this place and I let anybody that I've collected their contact information or Instagrams from to let them know. I keep them in their own like um, location. Yeah. Yeah. And I let them know, hey, I'm going to be out in your area today, tomorrow, whatever the date is. And then they have that opportunity to place an order online. And then they could even schedule a time slot for me to come and show up. That way, a lot of times, as you know, if we're in there doing our thing, lashing, people can't stop in the middle of taking a yeah. client. Our services are very time oriented. So you can't really stop, like go shop in my Can van. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> can't even take a pee break. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so I have like 15 minute slots if it's just for a drop off or if they need a longer period of time, like 30 minutes, if they're not sure what they need, they have a little more time to like shop. So that's how I've been doing it so far. And I, I learned that very quickly. The first week or so I went out and I was running into that exact problem. People were there, but they, they couldn't, couldn't stop. Out. Or even though it says on their Google that they're there, but maybe they didn't have clients that day and they decided to take the day off and they were closed all together, <laughs> nice. which I could get into a whole yeah. thing about that. <laughs> but <laughs> so I just figured that out quickly that it needs to almost be appointment based like the rest of our lives. <laughs> yeah, everything is driven by points. And that way, yeah, you're not standing around waiting for people hoping they'll buy something. And it's a unique right. thing. And I really do think in our industry is something that a lot more people should consider this idea of selling products regionally. Like there is a market for it. I think there are plenty of lash artists who would rather at the last second, if they need something, go somewhere local, than have to go online, order it, and have it delivered to them. I think that novelty is right. kind of worn off. The idea yeah. of oh, I can buy everything online. And I do think there's some people like kind of like missed to connect, especially with lash artists. I think you spend your whole day working alone. Wouldn't it be nice for you for five, 10 minutes to go somewhere have, like have a van or go to a store and meet other lash artists and hang out and, and make connections. Right. I think there's a lot of benefit for that. Yeah, definitely. And even like you, we don't ever have the opportunity to try products mm -mm. before yeah. we buy them no. or to even see them. Sometimes you might think a tweezer is a long tweezer and then you get it and it's like a little baby tweezer <laughs> or something yeah. like that. And there's no, you can't ever see anything in person. So I think that was a big part of it too, to be able to touch and feel things. I don't know. I can't shop online. I need to go and touch things on feel the rack. Yeah. So I, I just was, I just felt like it, 
it it's like needed almost in our industry. Oh, absolutely. It's the next progression for our industry. I feel like so. And I mean, I think that's one reason why LashCon people love that because you get to go to all these brands and touch all their products. You get to t- test every tweezer. You get to try the glue and see how viscous it is and find the one that's best for you. So I think this is for you. One of the reasons why I was so excited when you did this and hopeful this is a smashing success because I think it is a, a, a thing that our industry needs. And it's a great way to network, great way to connect and really touch stuff before you I think it. also it might be good for some smaller brands that don't have that yeah. much of a reach. Like if they were interested in getting their products to you so that you could be in, they could be in front of more people. Yeah. Are you open to taking new clients or or new products that, that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. I, I, and I kind of, when I was selecting them, I wanted to make sure that they were different, like personality types. Allie from Lash Anarchist is very different from Borboletta, which mm-hmm. is very different from yeah. Lash Reality, which is very different from iMagic. So I wanted to make sure that there was some variation for yeah, the, the different personality types too. But yeah, no, I definitely am always going to look to add more. I'll probably need to get more vans or something <laughs> for that. But yeah, no, I definitely want to do that. And I, there are a few Lash Supply or Beauty Supply places that are starting to branch out a little bit. But even with that, too, they're they're creating their own brands, which is great. And I never want to discourage anybody from doing that. But I feel like we're kind of at our like limit with that. And I would just hate to see somebody do all that and spend all that money and get all their labels made and all that and then to struggle. Yeah. Because there's, there's a few places that I've seen that are popping up. One is near me and I think in Jersey. But they're all their own brands so they have everything which is great but there's no like you don't go into sally's and just see sally's brand you see all all of the brands brands. yeah so yeah i just think that that might very well do fantastic but i think to have the option to have the ability to shop multiple brands is going to be something a little different than what most people are doing it's like sephora it's like ulta it's like there's many ways to skin a cat there's many different products that people (laughs) like you know you love when she says that right yeah i say you're not supposed to say that i know you're not supposed to say that i know i know what am i supposed to say say we're not use rule of thumb ever again we're not gonna skin a cat either Rule of thumb. I don't case. know what, what what a good replacement is. Though, yeah, I don't either. I know, I but know. rule of thumb, like rule of thumb, is horrible. I don't know if you knew, but that was the idea behind rule of thumb is that you basically could beat your is it your kid, your wife, your wife with something that was not bigger than your thumb. That's oh. the rule of thumb. That as long as a stick wasn't bigger than your thumb, you can beat your wife with that. Isn't that terrible? Oh God, I never knew that's that. That's, that's a horrible idea. The rule of thumb. I think yeah. no, we don't use that oh, term anymore. God. Yeah, I never knew that. Yeah. Oh, wow. I okay, I'm never I thought, say that sure again. Wife? I thought it was kids, but maybe it's wife. I, I thought don't it was know. Wife. Maybe it's your dog. I don't know. But either way, whoever you're Neither beating, good. I know matter. who would beat their dog. I mean, yeah. that's like even worse than. Oh, me. I, I'm that guy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyhow, one things I want to point out that people need to understand when. It, talking about like, oh, I want to start my own brand is you need to have an audience. Like you need to have people ready to buy product from you. If you just think that buy a bunch of product, put it on, you know, put it in your warehouse, in your garage or your living room, whatever it is. And you put, and you have your 300 followers and you start posting, Hey guys, I'm open. You don't have an audience and people are not going to buy from you. And it's, you have to build that. And I think what's cool here is that you are 
basically piggybacking off other people's audiences. I mean, Ali has an audience, right? Borboletta has an audience. And if people find out that they can get products locally, then they might adjust their buying patterns. Say, you know what? I, I love Ali, but if I can just get from you and it's easier and quicker, why would I wait to get shipped to me? I could just get it much easier and simpler with local. So I think for people who are, you're right, who are thinking about maybe I want to start a lash brand, might be smarter to say, you know what? Maybe I can help use the power of these other brands to help me grow a little business that would serve our community. I guess it always depends on what you're trying to do, but. Yeah, I, I feel like too, like, and I've had people ask me like, why don't you just do your own brand? Because all these other brands have done such a beautiful job and are so established that I wouldn't want to take away, not that I would even be able to, but I wouldn't want to take away from them. They do, like you said, have an audience and it's things that brands that are pe that people are already aware of yeah. and maybe they haven't ordered because they are somebody who wants to try something in person first. So to be able to offer that, I think is really good. And yeah, I just, they've just done all such a great job and have targeted each kind of personality type that, like I said before, there isn't really much room for it yeah. anymore than I, what there is. I have a brand I'm listening to called Trash Lashes, where it's really like ghetto looking, <laughs> and your lashes have cobwebs on when you get them, and it's just really trashy. That's that's my. I don't no? know if okay. you're supposed to say ghetto anymore. Oh, am I not? <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I All right, wait, this is our, our PC episode. We're going to talk about rule of thumb, <laughs> skinning cats, and ghetto. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know. Okay, it's, it's really inner city. <laughs> no, not inner city. Like, <laughs> Oh, God. I don't know if that's I, any better. I don't know if you're allowed to say that. But I just lost like half our audience. Like, ah, screw Paul, that jerk. I don't know what, what you want to call it. Like, just. What? Junky lashes. Junky lashes. There you go. Junky lashes. I like trash lashes. I like trash. I mean, because I was thinking Oscar the Grouch is what I was thinking. If Oscar <laughs> the Grouch had his own trash lash brand, he, you would come by, he opens up the trash lid, and he's in there, and he hands you lashes. Well, know. there's a brand in, in LA, like Trashy Lingerie. I mean, that's Yeah, like... Trashy Lingerie. Why not Trash Lashes? Come on. It's trash really cool. Lashes. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would be I... in my Speedo handing out lashes. Oh, oh please. Yeah. There's a no. look. <laughs> no, no. Please, no. I'm sure everyone would really oh, love that. Oh, there would be no, no. no line whatsoever looking for that. They'd just be forgetful. Uh, but yeah, I, I also think too, like if you are going to do your own brand, like you have to come out with like that one product that's going to be like the star of the show mm -hmm. that's different from everybody else. Like, sure, there's a hundred hair care brands, but like when Olaplex came out, yeah. they were somebody who was solving a problem that everybody was having and yeah. there wasn't a solution for it yet. Mm. So I just feel like if, if you are going to do your own brand, like that's something that you need to like you need to get that one product that's going to just carry the the rest yeah. yeah and just change the way things are done yeah. from that point and on and i think there's a lot of room for that there's still a lot of innovation lashes are pretty young in the beauty industry yeah. and just now we're starting to get things that are benefiting the industry like i just want to like trina maven we were at dallas and we saw her not dallas no, austin. Uh, sorry Lash austin and it was the first time I had the privilege of hearing her speak and she rolled out her, her software program, which is just revolutionary, I think, in terms of like record keeping. And like, that's something that's, it's a super amazing tool that can benefit yeah. people. And it's like, 
there's room for people like that. There's room for products that are innovative that are going to raise the industry. So don't think it's all been done. And I think what you need to do is when you're doing lashes and you're struggling with something, goes, does, has anyone created a solution for this? My problem I have right now. And that is where you can find that niche where you can come out and, and be doing different things. I think too many people just want to copycat everyone else. Like I'll just have my lash, have my glue and my tweezer and I'll do that. And that's fine. And there are some people who've done that and grown and blown up. And there's many, by the way, many who've done that have gone nowhere. And I think a lot of it's because they're not good marketers. They don't understand branding and messaging and not good sales. But if you really want to stand out, you're right. Olaplex was a perfect example. Do something so different from everyone else that people will just stumble all over themselves to come after you and you'll make some waves in this industry, which is great. So, or do what Lacey yeah. does. Join, say, hey, I'll do something <laughs> where I'm going to serve my local community regionally, which I think is also really, really a great idea. I want to get also talk about strategies a little bit and the why you got into strategies as opposed to doing maybe a, just a regular salon. Like what attracted you to strategies versus other systems? Well, when, you're when we talk about strategies, I just want to make sure people know that we're talking about the team-based yeah, team based um, concept. Uh, concept instead of just the traditional commission. Most people think that yeah. you have to pay commission like, oh, you make 40% commission. Or boost Booth rent, which is really popular now. A lot of people are doing booth rent, which has a place in the world, but that's not the same that you're basically a landlord when you booth rent, right? You're just saying, I have some rooms. You can build your own business in here and you can rent them and pay me a monthly fee or a weekly fee and run your own business. But we, I literally, you're, I have no say over you. That's a, that's a booth rental. And then and commission is the typical salon model. that has been around probably for hundreds of years, whereas people come in, work with you and a, you pay them a percentage of whatever work they do. And 30, I think you know. that that's what most people do because that's what's been done sure. traditionally forever. But there's problems with that system. Yeah. Namely, one is that you only develop people that are interested in their own business. If you ask them to clean or do something like that, they're, they're like, not paid, I'm not being so paid for it. that. You want me to work for free? Yeah. yeah. It makes a very solo minded person instead of a team. But yeah, you tell us when you went to LashCon a couple of years ago and you heard Michael and you saw stuff, I guess there were things that you were intrigued by that kind of attracted you to that. Maybe you could share some of that. Yeah. Tessa was saying when you are doing commission or booth rental, it just creates a bunch of small businesses inside of your own business. And exactly that. The person is just focused on their own station, keeping that clean, hopefully, mm -hmm. and not yeah. really caring about anything else. Or if somebody else's client their service providers out sick. Like, are they really inclined to take that person and to pick up any slack? But yeah, I was just listening to your podcast a long time ago and you mentioned strategies and I was like, I started to do some research on it and I saw that they have like their main incubator course, which is like the whole Yeah, it's a four-day mega class. Yeah, of how to transfer everything into team-based. And then when I got to meet them, Michael Yost in person at LashCon, and he was just so educational and just really was getting into like all the nitty gritty of how important it is to have a team and that you can't just be someone with a bunch of people next to you. You have to all work together. together. And I, I actually tell my team all the time, I don't know if anybody's seen this movie, but Pacific Rim yeah. with Charlie Hunnam. I love Pacific Rim. I love Pacific Rim. Yeah. <laughs> it's like BattleBots, right? Yeah. So that big robot can't work unless everything is working together. Mm -hmm. And I keep telling them we're going to have like a movie night together. And we're going to watch it together because they have no idea what I'm talking about. But <laughs> my boyfriend, Dave, is so nerdy with movies. I've seen 
so many movies that I normally would have never watched. Oh, yeah. That's one of them. You know but what? Yeah, like maybe we can. To... Sorry. Maybe we could have Pacific Rim at LashCon because we're thinking about doing a movie night. But anyway. Anyhow, we'll okay, see. Sorry we'll about see. It. <laughs> That's so, a good one, though. Yeah. <laughs> and who doesn't want to look at Charlie Hunnam? Yeah. But <laughs> so, so. By the yeah, way, I I, kinda... no offense, but you're the first woman I've ever mentioned who's excited about Charlie Hunnam. I, I like him too, but he's kind of like a nerdy guy. I, so I, yeah. I, I, I think he's great. I just think he's good. You're speaking Tuss's love language, guys. I think Tuss kind of thinks oh. Charlie's cute too. So I totally dig you, man. <laughs> but yeah, it all needs to work together. And yeah. when one part of it's not working, the rest is just going to crumble. So when it came to strategies, I just felt like they had something that was so powerful that I never saw. And I have plenty of hairdresser friends that hate where they work or don't feel like they want to go to team meetings because why do they care about that? It's not affecting them or things like or what the monthly goal is or the daily goal and where we're all trying to go in four or five years. There's none of that like community in those environments. So I wanted to make sure that just from the start, I was doing things the right way. Yeah. And I just felt like strategies had all the tools to get me there. I had owned a business, I guess, on my own in my studio, but it's a completely different game to bring other people on and to have team members. And I just needed that guidance. I'm the only owner in my spa. I don't have a partner to like bounce ideas off of. So I really utilize my coach through strategies to do stuff like that. And just to learn all your critical numbers and the importance of all that, that you can't just walk in and just be covered in your fancy clothes and handbags and stuff and just show up and think things are going to run the way that they're supposed to. You have to put in the effort and have your team know how important it is for you to all do that together. That's great. I think one of the things that a lot of people don't understand once you go from solo, like I think solo, you can just do yourself and strategies isn't really the best place for you or solo. But if you're going to hire, the only way you're going to, and there's a book called the E-Myth, that's really talks about the importance of systems. And I, that's when I read that book. And I remember I met strategies soon after that. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's someone out there who's actually thought of all the systems you need to run a salon. They literally everything, like how to track all the important, like big thing also is numbers, like learning to track what numbers. When we first started, I, we just knew that how much money did we make last month? Let's make more. Right. <laughs> that's not really much of a system. That's not really thinking through like, how did you get there with strategies? I was able to predict within like a hundred bucks of what, yeah. I, how much revenue I was going to bring in every month. That's crazy. Yeah. Like I'd be yeah. like barely off. And if anything, we'd be over it. Like, Oh, at the end we did a big push for product sales or something like that. And we got over that hump and it was so cool to know that I understood my numbers and how I could reach them. And if something was going off, like I saw our long-term retention rates drop or first-time retention rate, sorry, first-time retention rate drop. And I'd be like, huh, something's going on. What did we change in the room? Are we not wowing our clients enough that they want to book again? We usually get 67% of all first-time clients back. We dropped down to like 40%. And that like, like me is like ringing the bell. Me, me, like, me, okay, me, me. we need to stop what we're doing and reevaluate it and re- recheck what we're doing to make sure that we do it. Strategy gives you all those really important tools. It gives you those tools to be able to figure out what the problem is. So yeah. you're not completely yeah. spinning your wheels and digging in the wrong place. And it's not just about the numbers. The numbers just reflect something that's going on in the business. And that's what a lot of people would say, oh, you just need to make sure you get 10% of all sales doing this or that. No, no, no. 
no. That's not what it's about. It's about if I'm not reaching my goal, then I have to go back. Why is my team not behaving in the way? Maybe it's because I haven't trained them. Maybe they're scared. Maybe the product's bad. Maybe something in the process broke down. Maybe I'm a bad leader. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to go back and rethink how I communicate to my team so that they actually get motivated. That's what we learned. Stuff. We yeah, learned so. that we weren't the best leaders. Lots of good stuff. The there. other thing yeah. is that the team-based model is pretty, I think the pretty much the only one that allows you to be able to manage your cash flow. It, yeah. it makes it so that you are able to predict what you're going to be bringing in. And you can't do that with commission. No. And I no, definitely not. I, no, you're I guessing that one of the, the most successful salons in the beauty world are team-based. And this is from... Um, yeah, Copsa Ode, we've mentioned this before, but they tell us... Uh, Copsa Ode is an accounting... For salons. Taxes. They're, they're the biggest CPA firm for just hair, hair salon, mostly beauty. hair salons, beauty. And they tell us every year, April, who's been at LashCon, we see her at trade shows. She always tells us... April I, McDaniels. She goes, hey, who are your most successful salons? She goes, that's always team-based salons. They always have the best profit margins, the healthiest bottom lines. They have the least amount of debt. They just are run like machines because the system is so good. So yes, like the big robots. I love it. Yes, they run. And another way I like to put it this way, when I would hire people, I say, you know what? We want to get everyone on one bus instead of everyone riding their own moped. Because normally in the beauty industry, everyone's just riding their own moped, doing their own thing. And independent of each other and no real effect from anything else. But rather, I'd like us all to be in one vehicle, all going to the same destination to achieve the same goal. And you really need a certain system to get there. And for us, it was always team-based was the way. So I, I'm excited to see that you guys, you're in, what, two years now into it, I guess? Like a year and a half. Year and yeah. a half, Okay. It's one thing to be able to read the numbers, but to actually understand them. And like Patricia and I get very, very nerdy on that. And yeah. we just love it because- it's so true to tweak one little thing can make a huge difference. Knowing your rebook rate or your productivity is a huge difference or knowing what percentage of your retail is your total sales is like so important to know. And I think I know that we were talking a little bit before the retail stuff, like you need to have that. You can't just rely on your services. It's so silly to not be adding on to your services with retail to match it. Any spa that you go into, you always see Hmm. the skincare that was used during your service that goes along with it to continue your your treatment at home and to make sure that you get the results that you want. Lashes is a little harder. How many times Mm -hmm. could you sell a lash cleanser to somebody? (laughs) (laughs) But to have something there and then even to have anything to sell on your front desk, you could have little jewelry or anything. It sounds so silly, but something to supplement just having services can make a huge difference. I think it's like 20% should be retail and then 80% should be your service to make up your full sales. And I don't think a lot of people focus any attention on it. No. And that's just what you said is that you have a model for what you're supposed to aim for. It's like strategies is, and being team-based is like buying a car with all the bells and whistles. And you've got this dashboard that tells you everything, right? As opposed to being like the old fashioned car, like the first car that came out, the Model T was just, there was nothing there. There was no dashboard. With the dashboard, you're able to see the numbers. You're able to see what's going on so that you can adjust it. So you can have a ride like a Bentley, as opposed to trying to figure it out all yourself, like a car that has no systems. There is no dashboard. You have no idea and you're just driving blind. 
You have no idea when you're going to run out of gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to hit on the retail stuff because I think people don't see this is a huge opportunity to, to increase your bottom line. I, I mean, just to give perspective, when we had a salon, we were doing ninety dollars to $110,000 in business every month. Ten, About 10% of that was during the holidays, we'd go up to 15, 20%, but we were around 10% of that was actually retail. So we would make $90,000 in service and then add $10,000 on top of that in product sales. We would keep half of that or maybe a little more than half of that because some of our markups were a little more than 50%. So if we made $10,000, that meant $5,000 went just pure profit. Like no, there was no cost for that because again, team base there's no we don't pay commissions on anything so we pay bonuses at the end of the month so the good news is any product sales you make goes still to the business so the business can be more profitable so let's just say some people are going well i don't sell hundred thousand dollars a month i get it so a lot of people are like well maybe you do five thousand dollars or three thousand or eight thousand dollars but man can you imagine if you sold another thousand dollars in product you can make and you just say half it, of that would be profit. And it did, you barely did anything. You didn't do more services. You have to do more lashes. You didn't have to do more. And it doesn't have to be anything. like lashes. I mean, it could be like hair ties. It could yes. be like brushes. It could be jewelry, candles. scarves, candles, candles, candle snuffers. Those we were did skincare. We had lo- our number one products were skincare lines. Because Tess also did facials. So she would just naturally sell tons of sunscreen. Something that's easy, lip gloss, highlighters. Brow pencils, you, you don't have to buy a full line. Like foundation's a little bit harder because you have to have like all the different skews. Nail polish is another one that we did. Those things are great. People we, people want to treat themselves. And so if they see something that's shiny and sparkly and it's going to make them feel good, they're going to buy it. Yeah. 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 Even like the, the silk pillowcases or oh, yeah, satin masks to protect your lashes while you're sleeping. Bonnets. Like any shower caps anything like that i think too like a lot of times lash artists are finding that they're not making enough to support themselves just doing lashes Mm. so that's when they go to trying to have their own lash course or starting to do their own brand but if you just focused in on like your craft and and adding retail to it you wouldn't have to do all these other things or feel the pressure to do these other things i think that's like a big issue that we're seeing too is like people think that it's not enough to just do lashes but it's because they're spreading themselves out and doing 10 other things and trying to teach and trying to do their own brand that it, it everything just gets fuzzy. And, and Yeah. Yeah. And, and like having teaching when you've been only lashing for a year and a half, two years, is just even somebody like me who, who's been doing it for eight years, you have to like, it takes a lot to create a good course and for it to be worth the like have value to it for your person for your for your student that's going to take your course i just see a lot of that and i don't know if that's as popular out where you guys are but on long island there everyone has their own lash course yeah. and yep. been and and i never again want to discourage anybody from doing that but you got to be doing it for a while. You don't see every yeah. hairdresser teaching their own course or making their own brand. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. And and you have to market it differently because the cl- the clients that are going to be taking your training are different than the clients that are coming to you for your services. Yeah, I think it's super easy just to add a, a couple of retail things. And then the key to making that successful is that you talk about it during the service. And if you're one of those people that don't talk during the service, you just have to introduce it while you are talking. So one of the things that I would do is that 
the client would be coming in and I'd say, you know, hey, we've got some amazing scarves that are great for Christmas gifts, teacher gifts, thank yous. Or I'd say something, whatever the product was that we we're pushing that month would be like, you've got a triolytic lotion. It works on the skin by doing cleansing the pores and creating a, a barrier, that kind of stuff. You just talk about it and it gets it into their minds. If you just put something out on the, on the, on the shelf and just expect it to sell itself, you're going to have a harder time. But I think it's much easier to, to add a product line and just talk about it than to develop a course and then try to oh, develop a, an audience for yeah. that. It's one of the biggest lies going on in our industry right now that just build a course and they will passive buy it. income. It's passive income. It's like, you're going to have to work hard to sell. First, you have to right. have an audience. We talk about audience. You have to have an audience. People have to want the you. If you only have a few thousand followers, it's going to be much harder. You have to do your ad sales or really do a lot of DM work and be reaching out and connecting with people. So that's not easy. So the next thing to do is I, I, I think the product sales is a great way to add another. Because you already have that audience. Yeah. Your audience is coming to you to get they their lashes you. and they trust right. you. Yeah, we yeah should, your yeah. clients are different than the beauty professionals. And like to mix and mingle that on one Instagram too is something that just makes me twitch a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, it's confusing. It's confusing because yes. sometimes you're watching like, is this for me right now? No, this is not for me. This is for clients. I see people who do right. both. And one moment they're talking about training in one story. And then the next slide they're talking about, hey, you can book with me right now. I'm like, wait, I, yeah. I, I thought... Oh, you're now to, oh, you're talking to other clients. So right. You're talking to different audiences. And I think people don't understand that that type of work, it's confusing. And anytime you confuse your audience, anytime, check out. They just, boom, they're gone. Like you don't build yeah. audiences that way. You got to be consistent. You got to talk about one thing and really keep your message simple. And I think retail is a much easier upgrade where you could make an extra $10,000 a year profit in your business right. just by suggesting and adding on little services or little products, little things that add-ons. While, yes, you can make good money doing a training online or doing training in person, but you're going to have to hustle a lot. You're going to have to work extra hours. You're going to have to build programs, videos, all these different things, which are fine. Those of you who are doing it and you're killing it, God bless you. We do a lot of that ourselves, but it don't, don't lie to yourself and say, oh, it's easy. I'll just do it on my part-time. In fact, I know yeah. there are people I've talked to who've built online classes are like, oh yeah, they're not selling like they used to. They're just, yeah, like, I've been, been, we've, hit, we've hit a peak. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely, yeah, I've seen that too. And, and talking to some people that I know, they, same thing, they're having a hard time selling their online ones and even sometimes in person. Oh yeah. In person has too. totally been more difficult this year for us than last year, because again, there's a gluttony of sales of people's like lash lines. There's a gluttony of teachers right now. Just everyone and yeah. their dog is teaching. And sometimes the only way people pick someone over you is because you're cheaper because you haven't right. shown enough value, right? They're like, well, they're the cheap ones. So I'll just go to them. It's kind of sad. Yeah. It's a lot easier to sell a lash cleanser than it is to make a whole course. Yes. And I've seen one of the girls that I was meeting with through the van. She told me somebody that she took her lash course with and this girl wasn't even like a lot, like she wasn't even licensed to do lashes. Ah. She was a nail tech and in New York state, that's not legal. Mm. So there's a lot of that too, that, and then it becomes very confusing to people who are wanting to break into the industry. They have no idea where to start, who to go to, who's going to have a good course, who's going to teach them the right way. And this one particular girl, I could tell by just talking to her that she just felt, she didn't feel comfortable taking lash clients yet because this, this teacher instructor yeah. didn't really give her any tools that she needed. So there's a lot of just people doing it to try to make a quick buck and not even really putting forth the effort and just taking people's 
money and giving them a certificate that they just had printed in in, at their house. So it's just like, it really, in New York, especially, it's a big issue. There are so many places that are doing lashes that aren't licensed to do lashes. I don't know if that's a big issue where you guys I are I think too, it's in but... general. It's just because it's such a low bar yeah. of entry, right? You just mm-hmm. take a two-day course or a one-day course, even worse, and then you're doing lashes, right? You feel like, I can do yeah. them. And it's and so because that, it really, a lot of people work under the radar, don't want to be to go through the full training and get their license because it takes months or a year to get and so some people would rather just cut in line, do the cheap quick fix. And they buy into sadly the lie that you're going to be a millionaire once you start doing lashes, which is yeah. God bless it. There's some people who make good money, but millionaires. It takes a long time. It takes a long, time. A long yeah. time to be, to, yeah. to, 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 to get there. Yeah. We've beaten that drum recently a lot too, because I'm tired of people teaching how to be a millionaire. It's like, and they're not even millionaires. Themselves. If you're not making right. $20,000 in your business, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of lame, but no, I think these are all good touch points and hopefully people right now who have been thinking about doing online training or maybe person trains might think, you know what? It'd be easier to sell products to my current clients. Uh, offer products and then talk about them in the, in the treatment room and be, you'll be amazed and then just bring them up at the, at the end of the appointment. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Now for you, and we should probably wrap up soon here, but I just want to let maybe you share a couple of insights with you building a business. This is your, you've been doing it for a year and a half. So you're still relatively a baby in my opinion, but that, I'd be like, that's a senior. We've been doing it for like 18 years. So, but that said, I, I, I was thinking what have been some of the early things that you've had to learn or grow through that have been difficult for you? Cause I think a lot of people want to have their own salon. In fact, I think most last artists, that's their biggest thing. Like I want to, I want to get fully booked and eventually I want to hire staff and be like, Lacey, I want to have my own team. I want to do this. I'd be really kind of cool. So maybe you could share a little insights on what you've worked through or had to struggle through. Yeah, I, I, I see that. And especially when I used to teach aesthetics too, all the students would just immediately want to go and, and open up their own studio. Not to be mean, but you don't know anything yet. Yeah. Like I've been doing this for eight years. I've had my spa of some sorts, whether it was solo or with my team now for like four years in total. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 go and learn on somebody else's dime yeah. and really try to pay attention to how they're running the business, things that they're doing right, things that they aren't doing right, and how you would do things better or differently. And don't just jump right into having your own studio Besides that your services might not be up to par with the rest of the industry yet, but running a business is not easy and it's not fun and games all the time. And you have to know what you're doing to to be successful and to know your numbers is so important and to do the stuff that's not the fun stuff is really important. And that's something that I learned quickly when I was solo by myself is that I I needed some sort of coaching. And I knew that, like you said before, doing strategies as a solo didn't make much sense. And there are days, plenty of days sometimes where I do wish I was still by myself in my studio, but (laughs) like, I love having a bunch of people around me and, and having my team that we're all just working towards the same goal. So it is very rewarding, but it's not always as glamorous as people think it is. It is not. And it's, yeah, it's exhausting sometimes. And it, it it's definitely true when people say that it's 24-7, you don't get to turn it off. No. And I don't think people think how serious that 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 comment is towards business because it's not something that you could just walk away from at the end of the day. No. And 
I mean, somebody calls in sick and they had a full day of clients. Well, now what are you going to do? And you had a vacation to... plan or you ha you were going out that night. You had earmarked that right. and, and, and suddenly you're the boss and it stops with you. So you've sacrificed. Yeah. So even, I yeah. even when I was at your course upstate, the girl, the third girl, Morgan, that she had a big family emergency Oh, five no. minutes into you talking the first day and oh. I was like oh my god I looked at Patricia and I was like what am I gonna do right now I had to call the deli that's in our strip and ask the owner could you please put a sign on our door saying that we had a family emergency so any clients that are showing up know that we're we didn't just abandon them oh, no. so just stuff like that yeah. I was trying my hardest to focus oh, on gosh. every word coming no out of idea. your mouth <laughs> oh my goodness and I was like I was sweating and I was just like oh my god what am I gonna do I, I had no way of contacting the clients because I have a work phone separate from my personal phone I didn't have the appointment book on me oh, my so goodness. any little thing like that doesn't matter i had yeah. to step out and i had to take care of it when it was when i was trying to listen to something that was very important to me i still had to take yeah. care of my business there you go welcome to entrepreneurship so <laughs> to put it mildly that salon ownership and salon leadership is not for the faint of heart and it's not for everybody no. i can say that i don't think that i would i mean now i know a lot i, I still don't know if i if i would do it again i mean do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's so hard and it's not necessarily in my wheelhouse. I mean, I know that we have the answers now and I know that we have you, but if it, <laughs> if I was on my own, I still don't know because it's, it, it requires things that I don't find easy to do. Yeah. For what you, one of the things I want to point out too, for people is you spent four years working for other people before you decided to go do your own thing. And I've heard yeah. from quite a few people who've gone that route. They're actually really grateful for those years. Cause like they said, they really learned on other people's dimes. They got to watch and observe and use that time to pour, let that learn as much as you can. I mean, obviously you hope you can work for a good owner. Like there's a lot of bad owners and a lot of good owners. It, it, don't stay in a place that sucks. Like, I mean, if the owner is absentee, doesn't care, doesn't invest in you, doesn't give you training. Okay. Maybe you should be looking at finding their salon. To go but I will out. say this, make sure that you leave with honor and yeah. dignity Take because it's a reflection of you, yes. not of them. Yeah, exactly. But that said, I think it's very note noteworthy that you spent four years before you decide to launch and do your own thing, which I think prepared you to be more I get well, well prepared to run a place and have the skills as a esthetician lash artist, right? Because you weren't just at that point being a business owner. You also had to build up your skills as a artist too, which a lot of people six months into their lash career, you're, you're no offense, but you're just not there no. yet. No. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I, I, t I used to tell my students too, like to take a dermaplaning course. Sure. Once you do like 10, 20 models, you kind of got it. But for lashes, it's a whole other craft that really takes time to develop. And I, I usually would tell my students when I was teaching lashes that even six months to a year, don't take anybody's money yet. Mm. If it's friends and family that want to be nice and tip you, sure. But it's something that you really shouldn't be taking anybody's money from yeah. if you're if you haven't been doing it for a long period. Yeah. So. And I really pushed for like the schools too to allow me to teach it while they mm. were still in aesthetics. So they had that time while they were still in aesthetic school or cosmetology school to at least be practicing at home. So they had a few months under their belt before I'm sure they went and took clients anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we're hopefully we'll see more and more of that where schools are including that in their curriculum, including a part of their training so that people could while in school be practicing and learning. So they could, when they get out, at least start charging. Cause I do think, I mean, obviously if you take your class and 
you start doing models and all of a sudden people are knocking on your door wanting to get in, you know, charge. I mean, go ahead. Because <laughs> obviously you, you, you're faster, you're learning, maybe you're a quick learner. But if you are struggling and you've been doing this for months and you still don't see anyone returning, no one's referring you, that just means your skills aren't there yet. And you got to keep practicing and learn. And we spent about two months with a new team. And they usually had at least a minimum one year experience. We still, for the first two months, would basically severely discount or do for free lashes just so our new team members every day did two models minimum. We want them doing two models every day, maybe three, so that way they would build up the muscle memory and really get the technique down because we knew that it wasn't easy and it, it took time to get to that skill level. We never felt like, we felt like it took two years for any one of our team members to get to that mass, really mass Two years level. and they were basic. I mean, basic, they, yeah. but yeah. they would be able to handle pretty much anything that came into the room and they had the confidence. But, you know, after the two year marks, that's when they're working towards the mastery. But you, I don't believe that you're a master at two years. Yeah. I just... Sorry, I love all you guys been doing this for a year, but there is still I, more. Yeah, there's still yeah. more. Even me, I've been doing it for eight years. I'm still always tweaking things and making something better. And even to go and take another course. I mean, I've been wanting to take your course forever, but uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, you can't just call yourself a master. Even if you've been doing it for 20 years, I don't yeah. think you should yeah. because it's just, you should always be wanting to learn. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's like 30,000 hours to become like a master at something, yeah. but it's, it's not just the mindset of doing the same thing over and over. It's also be, being focused on other things that you're learning specifically in that in that, because if you're just doing 30,000 of the same skill, it's not as broad as it could be. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's see, 30,000 hours divided by, how would I figure this out? How many weeks it would take? A 40 hour week. Let's say 40, 40 that'd be week. 750 weeks. <laughs> so what is that? That's 14 years. Okay. If you did 40 hours, I don't think it's 30. Is it 30,000? 30, 30,000 hours. It's a long master. time to become a master. Yeah. So if you're going to do that too, coming straight out of school and you're going to open up your own business and you're new at everything, yeah. that's way too much to be taking on. Practice your and perfect your skills and don't practice until you get it right. Keep doing it until you can't get it wrong. That's it. Keep doing yeah. it until you can't get it wrong. I yeah. love the idea. And if I, I love, I'll push it here again. I would love to see more people work in salons for one or two years while they get their feet wet, get kind of there. Because truth is, like you just said, you're going to be learning lashes, but not just learn how to run a business. You also have to learn how to become a marketer. And you have to learn how to be close sales. And so you have marketing, customer service, lashing, business systems, sales too much when you're learning how to swim you have water wings or a life jacket or a, a kickboard right <laughs> or bowling you have the when, bumpers on the bowling alley yeah the bumpers if you're yes. also learning how to ride a bike you start with training wheels you can't just go from zero to like the tour de france you have to have guidelines so that you can focus on one thing as you're as you're learning um proficiency if you want to be really good at it, i mean i there are, i know there are some people out there that have done it all like but I'm going to bet those people also work like 16, 18 hour days. Like they do lashes and then they go home and they work on business plans or work on marketing, posting, creating, reading books, training, like they're hardcore, but that's a small percentage. Of if you don't have a family, yeah. if you don't, single. if you're single, <laughs> you have that margin to do that. Yeah. But if you have, but kids if you have a no. relationship, if you have children, yeah. you can't have two masters. You will either love one and or hate the other. 
So true. Yeah, you're just going to spread yourself too thin and then you're going to be okay at a bunch of stuff instead yeah. of great at each individual thing. Or burn out, right? And leave our industry. Okay. I really do think we have high turnover in industry. I have no verification for that, but I just believe that like hair, 20, 30% of our industry leaves every year and is replaced by new students. So if a large percentage of people are turning over, a lot of that might just because you spread yourself out trying to do everything and then you burn out, you don't get the results you want. You say, I'll go find an easier career where I can do what I want. So it's like anything, be playing the long game. Our theme this year for LashCon, take your time, just do one step, learn your craft, then learn if you want marketing, then learn systems and hire coaches and all that fun stuff. So I think that's all really good. Well, time has flown, but this has been really yes. cool having <laughs> you on our show and getting to hear a little bit about your story. Thank you so much for Lacey. Where can people find you? And especially within the New York area, where can they look into having the Lash Van? So on Instagram is Lacey's Lash and Aesthetic Supply. My spa, if you wanted to check that out, um, and how I kind of separate the two is Salem Studio, New York. And on the website, through Pretty Dash with Steven. Yes. I'll give him a shout out. Yay. He's amazing. On my website on lashandaestheticsupply.prettydash.co, you can find me and where I'm going to be on Long Island for right. the lash supplies. Awesome. That's very, very cool. Well, we are also looking forward to your entry for the last year award winners. Yeah, um, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, hopefully you'll make it three years in a row. You did, did you come out with when you're doing that? No, no, no. I'm supposed to get that done in June. That's the plan. So sometime June we'll release it because we actually are two weeks earlier with LashCon because we're now middle of October instead of right. November. So I have to move Readjust. things up a little bit. So we should be announcing how it would apply all the details of the last year awards probably sometime in june i don't have an exact date and then Yay. everything will be due and sometime in august the deadline will be early august and then we'll announce the winners probably early september so um we'll go from there and this is different right i mean for you actually let me ask you this what for you to become do the last year awards did you have any limiting beliefs where you're like, no, I'm not worth it. I can't do it. Or do you, how, what got you? Cause I know there's a lot of people who's telling me they want to do it, but they don't apply. Honestly, I just was listening to you saying, just do it. What's yeah. the harm? Yeah. What could be the worst thing that could happen? You don't win. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, based on the people that did win, check out their page, see what they were doing right. That made them a winner and then apply it to your own business. Whether you win or not, it's still just always an opportunity to learn. And even though I have one, it, I still check out everybody else's yeah. categories that they won in mm. and see, well, why didn't I get that category yeah. and why did they? Mm -hmm. So you could still just learn regardless learn. whether you, yeah, that that's why I did it initially. Cause I wanted to be a part of seeing how other people did their business and what works and, and what, doesn't in my own. That's great. What type of evaluation process did you do? Like you said, you went and looked at other people. I love that. Cause by the way, when we did team bait or did the salon today, top 200, which that's what we, we did too. We did that. We would literally study salons. I go to their website. I would read anything they had like articles in magazines, anything that I could anything. find content about them, their social media. So for you to compare yourself, it sounds like you've done a little bit of that yourself. Yeah, definitely. Anybody posts about or you guys repost, I'm always like, I immediately go to their page. I go to their website. It's my website up to par with theirs. I see a lot of people that it's just their, their booking page when you yeah. go to their website. Like you need to have a website. Even when I go into other businesses, even if it's like my pizza place, what are they doing right? And what can I maybe somehow translate into, even though it's two completely different industries, what can I bring back to kind of help 
what's working in theirs, what's not working, or any like going into a hardware store. You could see how somebody greets you in a hardware store. Is it going to be as great as how we greet somebody or anything like that? So I just go on people's websites and their Instagrams and see how they portray themselves. Is their face there? I see so many people that you don't know who they are, what their name is, what they look like. Mm -mm. You're in New York. Great. Where in New York? Are you right around the corner from me or are you all the way upstate New York? So just make all that information available to your clients too is going to make a big difference. That's great. Really for us, last year was... I mean, aside from honoring people who are doing good work, our real big goal is to get the people to start thinking about their business more. Evaluate yeah. your business, think through your systems, think how you do things, how do you show up every day, how can you improve that so that next year you will be recognized and honored because it's not just one winner. We, we had, I think, three winners in some categories last year because we feel like if you meet a certain gold standard, like anyone that meets that should be honored. It's not just like, one person like the Oscars and the nominees are and the one great person at customer service is that no, there's many people. So I think we really, hopefully this will be encouraging to anyone listening to follow Lacey's way of doing it because you'll learn (laughs) about yourself, how to improve. And you never know, you may be surprised that you're kicking ass in some ways you didn't know. Yeah. yeah. And the first year I was a solo in that cap. In that oh, yeah, that's group. right. And then the second year I was as a team. So it was cool to see myself grow. And it was just different point of view from being a solo to being in a, a salon and having to compare the two. No, that's very cool. And I think we've only had a few people win twice. So you're in a very elite oh. group. <laughs> I know Shelby won uh, both times. And, and by the way, I know some people are like, oh, you're just picking your friends. I'm just going to say, we don't no. know. We assign everyone a number and I send out all the, the forms without any names to our judges. And we had like 40 judges last year. And then they rate it. They just read the essays and they rate from one to 10, one being bad, 10 being and great. And the judges are industry leaders. Yeah. They're, they're leaders, CEOs of big companies that you know. Yeah. They're all names that you've seen, faces you've seen around our industry. And so they rate it. And then after that, they give me back the scores. I add them up. And after I add them up and I find the final scores and I go back to my key and go, entry number 45 is, oh, look, it's Lacey. So we don't even know. We don't even judge. Paul and I don't. Yeah. We don't know who these people are until basically it's picked by the judges. And then I go in and it's it's always fun to see someone I know. It's, oh, cool. Lacey won yeah. again or Shelby won <laughs> or, you know, someone. It's, it's neat. But it's always scary, too, for me, for people listening, because I'm afraid that I'm going to let down some of the people I know. In fact, I know some people who entered last year I'm good friends with and they didn't win. And I felt bad. I almost had to, like, I felt like I needed to write an apology. Like, I'm We're so like, just sorry. Just keep applying. Uh, it's going to be a benefit to step you. Step up your game, though. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. You just got to do better. And it's okay because it's not personal. This is really no. as best as we can based upon merit. So, Thank you, Lacey. It's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on. And we'll see you again, I'm sure. Last Connor, are you coming to anything else? Are you coming to Vegas or anything else that this year? I want to. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not sure yet. Maybe. <laughs> or come down to the premiere show that's down yes, in Orlando. Yeah. That's closer. Maybe that one. So that's for not sure. far. So cool. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Hey guys, that's a wrap. We are done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Please follow us on Instagram at LashCast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Binder Tusney, as well as our special guest, Lacey, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you're a friend in the lash industry. Lash Conference.